podcast fun fact this is the fifth episode i've recorded but this morning i accidentally deleted the first four episodes forever so now this is the first episode was i mad yeah was i disappointed Mm-hmm. is there anything i can do about it no do i look too casual do i look too chill my name is ash so nice to meet you. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, this is no eye contact. This is my pod. Welcome to the pod. Oh, this is weird because I was already past this. A little bit about me. I am 24. I'm a Virgo. I live in North Carolina. If you don't know anything about North Carolina, neither do I. So a lot of people freak out because they're like oh north carolina you get all the seasons what state has just fall because i'm trying to go there i just want it to be fall all the time vermont vermont's probably cold i don't think i could point out vermont on a map to be honest north carolina the wright brothers they the first airplane we have that we also have michael jordan space jam we from my high school eric church famous country singer also madison Gum, madison bumgarner like a famous baseball player go sports um what else does north carolina have uh i know north carolina has a lot of trump signs still up what's that about what's that about I grew up in a couple different small towns in North Carolina. Uh, I also lived in South Carolina for like six months, but that's fine. We'll get to all that later. Uh, North Carolina's fine. Just like, you know, you know, I am 24 and I am learning that being in your 20s is about kind of sorting through your childhood type shit learning like who you are like separating yourself from your parents and also like your parents sense of who you were my dad recently said the fucking most uncomfortable thing to me um i was just let me back up so i have like a weird relationship with my parents uh we don't really get along. I also work for my dad, so my mental health is doing not good. Um, <laughs> and I'm tr- I've been actively trying really hard to work on communicating with my dad, but he's kind of impossible to talk to. You know, I I try to let my guard down and talk to him you know have fun tell him fun little stories about what's going on in my life because I know that's what he wants even though every time I do that 
I fucking regret it. Uh, but so I like told him we were in the office one day and I was just telling him a funny story and I like got into it kind of like, you know, was acting it out, just being hilarious. And he got really serious instead of just being like, ha ha ha, like that's funny. And then like move on. He got really serious and he was like, can I say something? And he was like, see, this is the Ashley that I, that I miss. You just sit around and grit your teeth and like, this is the old Ashley that I miss. And it's like, huh? It, it made me so uncomfortable. It's like, what do you, how am I supposed to respond to that? Cause first of all, what the frick are you talking about? Are you talking about when I was in high school? Are you talking about when I was a child? I got so uncomfortable. I didn't know what to say. I just like slowly turned back to my desk. I was like, okay, all right, okay. Cause I didn't know what to say. It's like, you just ruined a nice moment by being fucking weird. (sighs) And I've talked to a few friends and they say like their parents will also say weird shit like that. Like, oh, this is like the old you. Dude, what are you talking about? You sound stupid, okay? You sound dumb. (laughs) This podcast, this podcast, I want to be like literally, I I tell friends I'm starting a podcast and they're like, oh, what's it going to be about? And I'm like, (laughs) whatever I want. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I just want to be able to talk and we can talk about serious shit. We can be silly. We can have a lot of laughs. Um, Talk about good movies. Talk about books I'm reading. I might have some friends on later to just fucking chat about shit. And yeah, I just, I, I need to be creating. And this is like a base level kind of bare minimum that I can do. I think is just a podcast. Um, and hopefully, you know, action inspires motivation. Maybe I'll do more stuff. I don't know. But this podcast, you know, I kind of, I just want to be able to chat, just chat about my week, stupid shit that happened in my past, you know, fucking anything, literally anything. And I am diagnosed with anxiety and depression and I'm challenging that by doing this. That's where the name comes from. No eye contact. That's one of the anxiety things I struggle with oh my god eye contact is a freaking nightmare okay I'm trying to cuss less (laughs) eye contact is so freaking hard like I just I'm not good at it I'm just not good at eye contact sorry about it (laughs) I just but it's fine. We grow. I don't have to be good at eye contact. Who gives a flip? Uh. So I'll probably talk a lot about anxiety and mental health on this podcast. Might have a little bit of trauma talk. Dude, I've been dealing with so much trauma talk lately and I feel so bad for my friends because I really do just kind of lean on them emotionally and it's not fair 
recently, like, and it's probably because I work with my dad, like, just been going through a lot of unpacking. Oh, I got completely off topic. Roar, you're roaring 20s. Your 20s is about fucking unloading your shit. And, like, my friend Elena was telling me, like, you're, everything is so intertwined. Like, your parents, your childhood, your trauma, like, your sense of self. It's so closely intertwined. And it feels like your 20s is just, like, untangling all that shit. Like, figure out who the fuck you are and what the fuck you want. Not what your parent, not who your parents think you are or want you to be. But who the fuck you are, Okay. Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Your parents are going to die. And also, probably, if your parents are anything like my parents or my friend's parents, then they probably fucking suck. So, like, why do you care what they think anyways, you know? And I know that's so much easier said because I go, I don't give a fuck about my parents' opinion. They've been judging me my whole life. And I don't think they're that great of people. So why do I care what they think of me? But then they say, like, a little thing. And I'm, my day's fucking ruined. My day, I'm so pissed. I like give them so much power. And why? Why do I do that? Anyways, we're figuring it out. Yeah, I feel like I'm trying so hard to like be a better person and and grow and learn life's lessons and, you know, sort through my childhood while also becoming myself. And because I work with my dad, it's like, I feel like it's two steps forward, three steps back. And probably every week, if not multiple times during the week, he says or does something that just pisses me off so bad. I've I've realized that a lot of qualities about myself that I don't like, like things that I do, like annoying things that I'll do or say that I that I do not like that I do that it's like completely like that like all of the traits I don't like about myself are what my dad is (laughs) like all the annoying traits about me that's my dad and so it's I'm easy to be like oh that's where I get it from you know but also I have to fucking be around someone (laughs) who is so annoying and like not self-aware And also just fucking annoying. <laughs> My dad's so annoying. Um, and so when I see that, when like he's doing the annoying things that like piss me off to no fucking end, and then I can go like, oh fuck, I do that to other people. Like, it's fucking annoying. <sighs> and then you like spiral down this loop of like, oh my God, I'm just like my parents. I don't want to be anything like them, but I am. But it's not true. It's not true. And my, my friend Elena said what I needed to hear this week. They told me, you are not your father. (laughs) Say it like, like how Maury would say it. In the case of you, you are not your father. And then I, like, take off running and a cameraman is chasing me into the parking lot. You are not your father. When I first started working with him, we're, like, driving. Oh, he's an appraiser. 
and I am now an appraiser trainee. And so we like go measure houses and then do a bunch of math shit and compare it to recent sales. And then we tell you if your house is worth it. <laughs> and anyways, we were driving around and just randomly, I don't even think we were talking, but we definitely weren't talking about this. He was just like, you know, something about me that you don't know is that I'm very empathetic. I'm so empathetic. He was like, when someone's angry about something or telling me a story, I'm immediately thinking about the other party and thinking about how they feel and how they thought. And he was like, and you guys get mad at me, but I'm just being empathetic. And I was like, no, you're playing devil's advocate, which is like a douchebag move. <laughs> and when I said devil's advocate, he was like, exactly. And he told a story of the example of how he's so empathetic. <laughs> it just hurts his heart how empathetic he is. He told this story about how he was on a trip with my mom and his sister in Colorado. And his sister was very upset about something that had happened with a business partner. I think there was like a little bit of a text argument and his sister was very upset and his sister was telling them about it. And, you know, instead of taking your sister's side or even just listening, letting her, you know, get it out of her system, he immediately started just arguing for the business partner's side. Hardcore. Like, what? and, and I know my dad, he didn't give a fuck about the situation. He didn't give a fuck about the argument. But he'll get so fucking heated arguing with you for the other side when you're upset. Instead of, like, just letting you, like, get it out because you're frustrated. And he pushed it so far that, like, when they got to the restaurant or something, when him and my mom went in, my, my aunt stayed in the car and cried. And that was his example of a story of how he's so empathetic. And I, I didn't say anything. I just let him talk. But it's like, dude. How not self-aware can you be? You made your sister cry? So that makes you an empath? Huh? What? Oh, this is... I have to work with him every day. And yeah, I fucking chose this path. And like, I could go get another job. But the fucking money's too good. That's where they get you. But. Anyways. So, uh, since I have to work with my dad. There'll probably be a lot of trauma talk on this show. Because I, I wasn't, I wasn't bullied in school. I was bullied at home. Like a subtle, just like picking apart everything that I ever did or said and making me extremely insecure, extremely anxious, saw everything as a personal attack because it was at home. So yeah, my 20s is just trying to sort that out, realize I'm, I am not my parents and that, you know, if they don't agree with who I am or what I do, like, I can't control that. Be mad. <laughs> Stay mad, bitch. Okay, anyway, sorry. <laughs> 
Another segment I want to do is called Book Club. Because one of the things I did in 2020 was I started reading for fun again. I haven't read for fun in years. Uh, as soon as I was being made to like read all these fucking things in high school and college that I did not want to read, like I gave up on reading for fun, as I think a lot of people did. But um, I've been reading for fun and it's been great. But so I have recently started reading the book The Ritual by Adam Neville, which was made into a Netflix movie. And it's so good. The movie's so good. As a, it's a horror movie. And watched it, was blown away by it. Made so many people watch it. Some people liked it, some people didn't. Whatever. That's just how it goes. It's like one of my favorite horror movies, I would say. It's on Netflix still. I'm pretty. It, it's, I, it's on Netflix still if you want to watch it. It's called The Ritual. It's so good. Um, a group of friends go hiking in Sweden and they try to do they they take a shortcut through like a patch of woods and they should have done that scary 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 but so I'm reading the book and the book is so good dude like why is the book always better than the movie I think it's because your imagination is scarier than like anything anyone could CGI on a screen you know um, like literally I started reading, I know what happens. I've seen the movie multiple times. <laughs> um, but like the pro, when I get scared, my eyes water, the prologue of the book, my eyes were watering. I was like, oh my fucking God, this is so good. But I'm, I'm like a little more than halfway done with it. It's so good. But so it just had me thinking about horror movies because I went through a giant phase growing up where I was obsessed with horror movies and I still really like horror movies, but I just really haven't been on that vibe lately of like consuming them but so I am gonna I have a segment with my brother my little brother it's gonna be called quiet time and I asked him to make a list of like his top 10 favorite horror movies and we are gonna compare our list but so yeah all righty welcome to quiet time this is my brother Hello. Cameron, introduce yourself. Oh, that's right, because you deleted all the other things. Don't need to relive it again. Intro, go. Hi, I'm Cameron. I'm tall and funny. I do YouTube and Twitch, uh, Fizzgig, F-I-Z-G-I-I-G. You can find me. That I'm, I'm that on literally everything. TikTok, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, everything. Facebook, even. Whoa. Yep. Not the Facebook plug. Shameless. How old are you, and what's your Zodiac sign? Uh, I'm 20 and a spicy Sag. Uh, this is my brother. We were not friends growing up, nope. but we are friends now. And that's all that matters. We're friends now. You brought Mexican food to my house yesterday, so. That's true. But that was at gunpoint, so. I was gonna invite you over for spaghetti dinner, but. Tonight? Yeah. Oh, shit. As you know, I've been reading The Ritual, which is just making me reminisce about how much I enjoyed that horror movie. And it made me want to talk about horror movies. And I thought, who's the best person to talk about horror movies with than my cinephile brother, Cameron? Exactly. I asked my brother to make a top 10 list of horror movies, like, for him. What he feels is a genuine, well-done, scary horror movie to him. And, of course, everyone's different. So, 
I picked ones that like I'm most likely to go back and watch again. Like things that I'm like, these are the top 10 ones that like if someone was like, oh, let's watch a horror movie. And I was like, okay, what do I want to watch? And I had to pick one I'd already seen. These are ones that I would pick. Okay. So let's start at 10. Okay. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Yeah. Let's rock, paper, scissors for it. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Bam. Okay. That's one. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. shoot. That that means I go first? That means you go first. All right. My number 10, I have the original Evil Dead 1981. Group of teenage college students, whatever, go to a cabin and they just get picked off by these demons, basically. It's it's an accomplishment of low-budget filmmaking because it is a very cheaply made movie. And it was just like basically a group of friends that were like, oh, we have this movie idea. Let's rent a cabin and do it. And it actually turned out pretty well for like – all the crap they had to go through to get it done it's amazing that it's as good as it is and that's why it's my number 10 my number 10 is 30 days of night Ooh. i would say one of the best vampire movies okay i personally i would agree as far as like genuinely scary vampire movies they like because they feel like wild animals in it 30 days of night is about uh in alaska there's like a point in time where there's no sunlight for 30 days. And in that time period in the small town, a group of vampires rolls through and fucking terrorizes this town. But it's so scary and so well done. And it, it genuinely like creeps me out. Yeah, it's I, I really like 30 days of night too. All right. Number nine. Funnily enough, my number nine, 1985's Fright Night. Fright Night. Another vampire movie. Charlie Brewster. Uh, finds out that there's a vampire living next door, but nobody believes him, and so he has to go and stop him himself. It's really fun. I just think it's a lot of fun. It's goofy. It's got some fun effects. All the everyone's I don't know doing their best acting wise. It's just it's a lot of fun. I like fun horror movies. I was thinking, like, is the I guess the original Fright Night is more scary because I'm also thinking of the remake. The remake was more funny. Yeah. To me, the the regular was kind of funny, but I guess that's what you like. I don't know. It's got like some parts that I'm like, ooh, that's like kind of scary but like overall it's just a lot of fun was the part when evil ed is like melting oh yeah he's he yeah, yeah, yeah. from his werewolf form oh. and he's like screaming at the guy oh that is like haunting it's so genuinely disgusting but directly before that is one of the funniest scenes which is where the peter vincent the uh, the adult character comes in and he's like trying to wake up charlie's mom and he's like charlie's mom charlie's mom like you got to come help us or whatever and it's Evil Ed in like a wig, and he gets up, and he's like, he's like, his dinner is in the oven, and it's so goofy and funny, and then it's met by such a, a harrowing moment, and it's just, it all works perfectly for some reason. My number nine is the Evil Dead remake. Okay, that's in my, uh, I have that in my honorable mentions. I don't really like gore, but I feel like it was a good mix of like, well done gore, but also like pretty well done effects like genuinely scary like i don't know because i tried to watch evil dead by myself a long time ago and it was just the original i just have yeah i just have such a weird thing with like old movies and like not that great of effects for now that like i can't it's like uh but you had to make me watch it and it was good but so i really liked the remake because it was like modern effects but i thought they did a good job of capturing the essence I like that it's its own thing. They don't try and remake the original. It's like a completely different, like, I mean, it's similar in that it's teens go to a cabin and get picked off by these demons, but the way they do it is different. They don't read, like, there's like little hints and nods to the original, but overall, like all the kills are, 
original unseen kind of stuff. I really I appreciated that when when you when we watched it. It just it really captured just a sense of dread for me, and to me that is a good horror movie. My number eight is an American Werewolf in London. Oh, never seen it. American guy is on tour in Europe with his friend. They get attacked by a werewolf. One of them dies. Another one gets turned into a werewolf, and it's just about him kind of having to deal with that, with being a werewolf in a foreign country. See, that's another one that I would have thought is more fun than a horror movie. It's probably considered a horror comedy, but the the comedy is more like situational than like less so than like an Evil Dead kind of thing, where it's like little pop up bits. But it's more like when he's when he's the werewolf and scary shit is happening, it's fucking horrifying. There's this scene in like the the London subway where like it's like hunting down this guy and it's genuinely done so well. But then it's like whenever he's a guy, he's just kind of like goofy, jovial kind of guy. But yeah, it's a lot of fun, but it has like it has some really great effects. One of the best werewolf transformations probably ever. I don't know. Did you see the third Harry Potter? That's a good point. That's a good point, actually. I didn't That shit was scary. My number eight, Harry Potter three No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> my number eight is Cabin in the Woods. Ooh, ca- oh, I didn't even put that in my recommendations. I should have though. Somehow I knew e- the the concept of Evil Dead. And I started Cabin in the Woods and the the first part of Cabin in the Woods is just Evil Dead. And so I got pissed off and I turned it off because I was like, this is just fucking Evil Dead. Like, why is everyone freaking out about this? And then I think I talked to someone and they were like, no, you got you got to keep watching. I was like, okay, fine. And then I was like, my mind was blown. I, I feel like the scariest part of Cabin in the Woods is just like your imagination going through all the different scenarios that could have happened. I think that my favorite part of that movie is just at the end when they're in the elevator and they're just visiting all the different little creatures. And it's like, oh, that's so cool. And it kind of makes me wish that they hadn't chosen the Evil Dead like zombies. I wish that they had picked like like something else because they had so many cool creatures in there. It plays well. It Yeah, I like it. All right. You're number seven. The original Halloween. It's just it's really slow and it's very like there's a lot of shots of like him just at the distance watching these characters throughout their lives and like like long following shots of them. It really builds up like the suspense of it and that it's like at any moment he could just like attack, you know, it kind of feels like the jaws of like slasher films. where It's like you don't really see it until like the end, you know, my number seven is a twofer. I'm going it and it too. Nice. Those are solid. So well done. So fun. They are so well done. I love those movies. Perfect cast. Perfect casting. Both of them. I think they both did a great job. My favorite part in the first one is uh, when they go in the house and Pennywise falls out of the fridge. When he's like coming out, but he just, and then he's just mocking the kid. It's so. The way he's like walking towards them. And it too, I knew it was a sick ass movie when it was the like Chinese restaurant part because I I could not have predicted that to happen at all. (laughs) I think that those flow perfectly as like a double feature. Like if you watch them, like obviously that's like five hours of movie, but I think that it would work really well because like the first one is so reserved and like it has like really good structure. And then the second one, it's like structured in the beginning and then it just goes off the rails bananas. And so I think it works really well as like, this is actually the end fight of all of it. And so it like, it kind of feels earned. My number six is 2009's Drag Me to Hell. Probably the most modern Sam Raimi horror movie. There's this lady, she's like a loan officer at this bank or something. She does something at this bank and this older lady comes in and is like, oh, I don't have enough money to pay off my house. The bank is trying to take it from me. Is there, Can you give me an extension? 
and it's within the bank teller's power to give her an extension. She could do that, but she's like fighting for like a promotion. And so she's like, oh, if I take this lady's house, that looks like the bank made this much money because now we own this house. So then like I'll get the promotion. So she denies the lady the promotion, even though she could have or the extension, even though she could have given it to her. And so the old lady curses her and is basically like in seven days, you will go to hell. And then so it's just about within those seven days, just all of this crazy stuff starts happening. And she like tries to go and like get the curse taken off of her. And it's just it's a lot of fun. My number six is. Oh, and wait, hold on before we go. Drag Me to Hell also has. Crap, I can't even think of his name. The guy from Sasquatch Gang. that we Justin love. Long. Justin Long. It has He's the boyfriend character. My number six is The Witch. I think The Witch just perfectly captures just this. Because nothing re- kind of happens, but it just captures this feeling of dread the entire time. It's absolutely beautiful. And I think the children fucking make the whole movie. They like did great performances. I like the witch too. The Vavitch. I'm going to get a witch tattoo. What are you going to get? What are you thinking about? I was thinking about three witches in the air. That'd be pretty cool. Like when at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert, when they fly. Are you ready for my number five? I got 2005's The Descent. Oh! Where's that in your top ten? That's the one that I was like, we probably share this one. That's number two? It was my number one for many years. It just has so many layers of scary. The Descent is, if no one knows, is uh, about a group of women who go, like, exploring a cave. And they're in a cave that hasn't really been discovered yet. And they end up getting stuck, so there's a lot of claustrophobia. But it turns out they're not alone down there. There's something else crawling around down there. And it's so scary. (laughs) Dude, caves are fucking scary. Caves are scary. I've, I've gone scuba diving in a cave. Was it scary? It was actually pretty cool. I've been scuba diving in two different caves, actually. It was Both of them were very cool. It feels like you're in outer space because it's just like you're just floating. It feels like you're floating through the moon. It's pretty cool. All right. My five is a number, another twofer. I'm going The Conjuring and Conjuring 2. I couldn't pick just one because I was just going to put Conjuring 2 because I, I think Conjuring 2 is a little bit scarier to me. But I feel like The Conjuring is just so, like, so well done. And so, like, kind of classic. I don't even know. They both are just so well done. My number four is 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street. Johnny Depp in a crop top. Johnny Depp in a crop top. Turns into a blood volcano. Bunch of kids realize that they're all having the same nightmare with the same guy in it. And turns out, if he kills you, you die in real life. Like, if he kills you in the dream, you die in real life. And then so it's just kind of about that. And and I think it's really good. And then the remake, they made him a pedophile. That kind of ruins the fun of it. (laughs) My number four is Get Out. Just so original. Yes. So well done. So well written. The music's great. Number three. My number three is 1982's John Carpenter's The Thing. Never seen it. Antarctic uh, research station, right? I'm scared. Isolated group of characters. Actually, fun fact. It has a great soundtrack. And some of the unused tracks from The Thing were used in Hateful Eight, which makes complete sense because it's kind of a similar plot where, so, this thing attacks the Antarctic base and they find out that it can, if it, like, gets a piece of your DNA, it can basically replicate you. And its whole thing is that it just wants to survive and, like, eat. So it's, like, 
which one of like any one of us could be the thing and so it kind of has a hateful eight element where it's like do we just start killing people like what do we do you know and then everyone's untrusting of each other it's great it's it's if you look on any list of best practical effects especially for the 80s it is going to be number one like 98 percent of the time it's incredible looking my number three is the ritual i it just captures a lot of things for me it's kind of decenti a group of friends goes exploring and then we kind of they're being hunted by something <laughs> as i'm reading the book after i finish the book i want to rewatch the movie but um i feel like one of the scariest things is like so obviously in true horror movie fashion they're getting picked off one by one by something but the something is like always 10 steps ahead of them like it picks them off and then they're like oh fuck our friend's dead we gotta keep going because we're trying to get away and then they get really far away and their friend has been strung up in the tree it knew that they were coming that way and they were gonna have to pass it so it's like it's constantly watching them what's your number two uh alien 1979 another it's uh, what i love about alien is that it's just a slasher movie but it's set in space like i don't know it like you were saying it follows the horror concept of which we just pick them off one by one ripley complete badass in all the movies who plays ripley ellen degeneres sigourney weaver sigourney weaver my number two is the descent hold on a second my laptop's gonna die give me a second imagine having a laptop cringe couldn't be me desktop gang yo where my desktopers at type a one in chat if you have a desktop and then so you're obviously if descent is your second one your number one is the descent two right oh the descent two so bad how do you fuck up that bad it's so bad it's like comically bad my number one is 1987's evil dead 2 it's basically just the next night right at the end of evil dead one everyone dies except one character and then it's just like he has to go he has to stay another night this time alone in the cabin and it's it's a lot of fun what's great about it is that it's it, the the demons this time aren't like trying to kill him so much in the beginning they're more just trying to drive him insane so they're just like doing things like they like literally every item in the room starts laughing at him and he just like breaks it's it's really good it is really good all right my number one can i guess can i guess sure hereditary it's hereditary one of the most like, literally for years, Descent was my number one. Like, if anyone was like, what's your scary movie? The Descent, The Descent, The Descent. For years. And then I saw Hereditary, and my brain broke. First of all, I did not get Hereditary the first time around. I had to go home and watch, like, a YouTube explanation. Because I was like... Because I thought I knew what it was going to be about. Like, in, and they did so good in the trailers of not giving shit away. It is really good. Hereditary is great. It's so beautiful. Like, the shots of the house. Fucking... I can't remember which naked brother it was that was in it. I think it's Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf killed it. He had to go to therapy after doing that movie. Um, so good. Literally so good. And then one of the biggest plot twists ever in like the first 30 minutes. Just And there's no comedic relief. There's no funny parts. The entire thing, you're so uncomfortable and so full of dread and like what the fuck is going on. Ugh, it's so well done. It's very well done. All right, you want to go back and forth saying, like, uh, special shout-outs? Honorable mentions. The Terminator. You count that as a scary movie? I, it, 
the first one especially it's listed as an action movie but it's like it's a slasher movie you know psycho it's a good one uh i got friday the 13th part four the final chapter which is the best friday the 13th film Mm, 10 cloverfield lane Ooh, i forgot about that one uh a nightmare on elm street 3 the dream warriors which is the best one other than the original (laughs) uh blair witch project ash vs evil dead the tv show i think it's really good annabelle sixth sense Ooh, yeah a perfect getaway a scream mandy i didn't even think about that i haven't thought about the movie in a while i really like mandy though i thought that that was such a cool movie like it's literally an acid trip horror movie rock it's like a rock horror acid trip yeah um i have the ring the grudge scared me a lot as a child saw the first saw silence of the lambs the shining dr sleep dr sleep we just watched dr sleep and it was so good it was so good it made me actually appreciate the shining because before i didn't give a fuck about the shining she didn't even know what the shining was like she didn't know what it was in the story of the shining i thought the shining was just a movie about cabin fever (laughs) she completely forgot the subplot of the shining in the shining all right brother well thank you for doing that thanks for being a part of this glad to be here and i'll see you next time for spaghetti i'll yeah i'll see you for spaghetti dinner tonight will you close us out with something to think about something to think about what is the last horror movie you saw that genuinely scared you that you went to bed and when the lights went off you were like kind of freaked out and you're like maybe i should turn the lights back on what's the last horror movie that did that to you think about yeah the last really good scary movie that genuinely scared you and just think about it don't comment it don't yeah no i guess i commented if there's a comment thing i don't know i don't know where this is going could just go in the trash like the other ones i guess fair enough (laughs) all right brother i'll talk to you later i'll talk to you later uh that was a really really long bit with my brother but if you stuck it through you're my favorite person another thing that i started doing in 2020 or wait I started doing this in 2021, actually. Sorry. I started going to therapy. My roommate just walked in. It is a cat named Honey. She's a queen. Say hi, honeys. She's an absolute queen. She's standing on me right now. Sorry, let me make room for you. You can sit down. Oh, she's such a sweetheart, but she's also a bitch at the same time. She's very judgmental. (laughs) That's one thing I don't enjoy about her is that she just looks at me and I can just tell that she's gonna write about me on Facebook later. Are you a Karen? Are you a little Karen? Anyways, I started going to therapy this year and it's been good. It's been hard, but I mean, therapy's not going to be easy. You got put in work, son. My therapist, her name is Margaret. She's an angel. She's so sweet. I have really bad social anxiety and I'm just, I'm awkward. Like these social interactions where like I'm feeling a little anxious and stuff, even with close friends sometimes, I'm just awkward. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do with my hands. Like it's just, I can't make eye contact. Like it's just a whole ordeal. And so a lot of times, I know I'm just going to be fucking awkward. I'm just going to feel awkward. I'm going to feel uncomfortable. So I'll avoid social 
social situations because of that. And Margaret was like, have you ever heard about radical acceptance? She was like, maybe you just need to accept that, like, you're awkward and it's going to be awkward. So just do it. Because, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to be awkward? Like, it's fine. <sighs> and she's right. She is right. <laughs> but so, medical talk alert. I, I recently, a few, like a month or two ago, was diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome. It's fine. I'm taking meds. It's cool. Uh, but so to, to like get diagnosed, you had to have a transvaginal ultrasound, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically you go in and it's a dildo with like a camera on the end and they put it in your vagina and they just say, what up to the ovaries, you know? So I go there. First of all, I've never had this happen. This is so fucking awkward. I'm in the waiting room. My name's Ashley. Fucking every basic bitch is named Ashley. There were apparently three other Ashleys there that day. And every single one got called before me. So three times a doctor came out and said, Ashley. And then me and someone else stood up. And then it was like, who and they're like oh actually so and so and it wasn't me and so i had to like awkwardly sit down that happened three times three times where i stood up with someone else and we were like huh 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 and it wasn't me i was like great cool this is the kind of day we're having so i go in there and it's like the office and then attached to the office is this bathroom and i go in there and the doctor's like hey you're gonna go into the bathroom and you're going to undress from the waist down. There's like a little paper thing that you're going to put over your lap. And you're going to come back out here and like sit on the table. I was so like anxious and whatever that I just like completely blanked when she was talking to me. And then I was like, so I get completely undressed. And she was like, no, you get undressed from the waist down. I was like, okay. And then, so I go in there, undress from the waist down, get this little fucking basically a piece of tissue paper that's going to sit on my lap and I come out and sit down on the table and she's like raising me up and I'm as I'm laying back I realize that there's not the typical overhead lights that are on in a doctor's office it's just one little lamp in the corner and I'm like why is there mood lighting right now for my ultrasound <laughs> what's going on uh and there's like jazz music playing. Just kidding. Like it's uncomfortable. But it's whatever. It's fine. And so on typical like gynecologist visits. When you have to undress or whatever. They will leave the room like when you're dressing and such. But so I guess since the bathroom was attached. The doctor was like oh I don't have to leave. So when I'm done, she's like, okay, just go in the bathroom and like put your clothes back on. So when I'm getting up, I'm like, this is all going through my head. And I'm thinking like this fucking piece of tissue paper that's draped over my lap is not big enough to completely wrap around my body. Okay. And I don't know if you're watching the video version, but I'm a big bitch. Okay. So like one side of me is going to be exposed when I stand up and the doctor's still standing there. <laughs> and so 
instead of doing like and also also she was just elbow deep in my vagina so like it's fine she doesn't give a fuck i'm just awkward and i oh i so instead of like dramatically like whipping the like when i got up i could have dramatically whipped the fucking tissue paper around to like cover my butt but i felt like that was too dramatic so i went with the half and half like literally like hid one cheek and then one cheek is out and i didn't know what to say and so literally all i said when i turned is i was like excuse me huh the doctor said nothing she didn't even give me like a courtesy laugh just like excuse me as like one fucking cheek is out and she said nothing and she just stood there and i went in the bathroom and i was like why is this my life why am i like this radical acceptance baby that doctor probably didn't think about it probably doesn't remember it has seen so many cheeks radical acceptance i guess i don't know oh my god but yeah, that's a, that's a lot of my social interactions is just me not knowing what to say so that I'm like, zooey mama, you know? <laughs> that's just how it be, baby. Radical acceptance. We, I gotta accept it. Uh, but they, they make for good stories, so my life is a fucking joke. Anyways, uh, thank you for watching, if you did watch. And I love you. And I hope you have a great day. And I hope you have an even better week.